When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I love Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. I'm Justin. He's John. We're back. We missed a week, and the beginning of that week that we missed was worth missing. <laughs> but we're back for the part of, for the week that's worth being here for. Celtics definitely struggle against the 76ers. Not looking healthy, have, still getting through all of that. Jason Tatum, obviously, having quite a bit of time off. Jalen Brown stepping up in the meantime. Kemba's back. He looks like he might be back, too. <laughs> Physically, I mean. And then uh, also Tatum's back. Boy, was he hot to start uh, <laughs> his first game back, John. So it's nice to watch this team hopefully get healthy, but the play of some of the younger guys in the meantime has also been impressive. I can't tell you I'm heartbroken that uh, I'm going to call him, what, P-Rabbit? I'm not sure I like the fast PP. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <Sagling>. <laughs> uh Yeah, I well, you know, it's funny, a week ago, we would have been in a we were in a very different place, right? I mean, they they went 0 and 3, uh, losing you know obviously two to Philly and losing that really stinker stinker of a game uh, on a Sunday afternoon against the the Knicks. But you know, and yeah, you had you had uh, you know Kemba coming back through that stretch, but you know that was well they had a great game before that against Orlando, uh, and the, you know okay the bench came through and played well. That was a tough stretch there. And how many times have we watched a Sunday afternoon game kind of go sideways? Mm-hmm. Man, somebody texted me, a Philly fan down here, and he was like, what is going on with the Celtics? I'm like, early Sunday afternoon, bro. It's been yeah. happening for years. It doesn't even matter who's on the team. That's right. Yeah. I mean, change the names for whatever reason. When those green and white jerseys are on their Sunday afternoon, it's always hit or miss, you know. <laughs> We've talked about this forever. It's so right. weird that it just doesn't go away. Well, and you also, and that, oh, the other thing was, is the Knicks, the Knicks were really kind of licking some wounds going into that game too. So yeah. they had they had a lot to be playing for. They were clearly the more motivated of the teams. The Celtics had a bench and just Jason T- uh, Jalen Brown, I should say, and that's it. Uh, you know, that was that group was not going to go, you know, unless they brought the same effort they had against Orlando, it was going to be tough, and they didn't, and there you go. So, you know, and then Philly games, they were close. I mean, look, the the fact that those games were as close as they were, frankly, was probably yeah, it tells you everything you need to know. Absolutely. So you take that, and then you run off a, a few wins here, uh, you know, and and you start to do some things here the last two nights, uh, you know, both against. Uh, you know, the Bulls, uh, and then uh, the night before beating Cleveland. Again, neither team great, neither team going to probably uh, make plans for this summer to be in the playoffs. But 
that was a, a, a bloodletting in both instances that the Celtics needed uh, to, to get the bench going, to get uh, Kemba going, to get Jason Tatum going, coming back from COVID. It was it was a really exactly what the doctor called for. Yeah. And how about Jalen Brown having 40 point two 40 point games already this season? I think this is one of those. It's so interesting because the, the bench. There are players that have stepped up and have emerged as a result of these injuries, which could really pay off big time in the postseason. It definitely helped Brad figure out maybe where these rotations should look once they're fully healthy. And then Jalen Brown just gets tons of confidence, becomes the go-to man for so many (laughs) games already this season. I remember having an argument with my son probably right about before Tatum went out and you know, he was, it was when everybody was just vibing on the Tatum versus Brown sort of debate. Who's the better player? Who would you rather have? And, you know, it was just getting annoying in the media, but we were, he was buying into it and he kept coming at me from the Tatum argument of it. And I was like, listen, I love them both. I just don't think that the separation between Brown and Tatum is as big as you think it is. And he's like, yeah, the defense. I'm like, no, I mean, the offense, look at how efficient Brown is right now. And he's willing to be the number two fiddle. He's willing to do the other things. He doesn't have to be the man. And I'm not saying that you don't still put the ball in Tatum's hands when you're looking for a game winning shot. I'm just saying you don't have to put it in his hands every time. And Brown has proven that he's capable of carrying an offense. We've had this debate for a long time, if they weren't on a contending team, maybe even before we drafted Tatum, you know, how would these players develop if they were to develop in a normal rebuilding scenario where they're not good at first, but they get all the minutes, et cetera, et cetera. Looks like the Celtics didn't have to make that sacrifice to get where they wanted to go with a guy like Brown. Right. And they're ready made in Jalen. He's ready made and ready to go from day one to compete in the playoffs. You don't have to to take those bad habits that a guy like Trey Young, you know, is trying to work, well, maybe trying to work out of his game. I'm not sure. But, you know, those bad habits that, you know, can be enabled on some of those bad teams that just need to have their guys play, like Trey Young, now they're trying to compete, and he doesn't have the habits he needs for success because, well, <laughs> that that was enabled and, and and that's now they're trying to figure it out and it's not going necessarily as well as they might hope sometimes so you know yeah i agree with you i mean that's i, I you know i think I'd there were consequences ahead of, ahead there were of consequences to competing while developing yes but the fact that the team was patient. They didn't give these guys away for nothing. I mean, how does the James Harden versus Jalen Brown trade debate conversation salary comparison look now? Is it really? I mean, do you want to give up? He has the ability to generate offense. Is he Harden? No, but that difference is a lot less than you would think. And the defense is way better. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I can't wait to see what uh, James Harden in the playoffs looks like. But, uh, yeah, no, it, it, you're right. It's it's a, it, it's a huge win for the Celtics uh, to, to not, you know, kept their powder dry, not gone out and tried to get the, the, the one-time MVP uh, in favor of a guy who's on the right Or side. any other number of trades that might have happened sure. over the years. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jimmy Butler, uh, uh, Paul George, um, who else we got out there? I mean, you know, the the list is endless here. Uh, you know, I think the Celtics can feel pretty good about where they sit right now in terms of those two guys being the heart of where they're going. And certainly after two wins, they should be feeling really good about where they're headed in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, I think that the main question, you know, remains is what about everybody else? But you know, to put that aside for a second, you know, and to talk about what it is, I mean, the efficiency that, as you said, the efficiency with which Jalen Brown is scoring. I mean, that that 32 points in 19 minute deal. I mean, that's <laughs> what the hell is that? Yeah. That's unbelievable. Three quarters. Man. Boom. Pow. Yeah, I mean, it's... 19 minutes. You got 30 points. I mean, that's a 
That's a special, special. That's when you know you're a superior athlete who has the who has figured out how to finish. Yeah. He's so patient now. He realizes that not only is he physically faster than most of the players in the NBA, but he's holding his dribble long enough to be able to take advantage of that. But he's also holding on to his head long enough not to blow it. (laughs) You know, when he telegraphs it, anybody can recover. Now he's got moves. I mean, just look at the step back when he gets into the body and steps back. I mean, there's shades of Harden just watching him do that. I think, yeah, and I and I think that that um, <laughs> his ability to get into the mid range and and finish continually over and over and over, and he's hitting some tough shots, but he's also able to get so many good looks in that area uh, because that's obviously an area where the NBA is not. Uh, focused on stopping right now, and he's just feasting. He's feasting on the, on those mid-range shots to an absurd degree. And if he's uh, if he's able to kind of keep going with that, right, and and kind of just live in that area, um, I mean, he's a three-level scorer for sure. Uh, you know, he was two-level scorer before. Now he's a he's a he's a consistently great three-level scorer. Um, you know, and, and then on top of that, at, let's not forget. The playmaking, you know, the playmaking where he's now a guy who you trust not only with the ball in his hands, but to to, to create for others. It kind of goes back and you look at the the idea about G, of what to do with Hayward. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's funny it you do that because I was definitely that's been on my mind. I want to yeah. talk about that. I mean, it sucks. It sucks in terms of the depth of this team to have, of, of you know, let, forget about what he did. But to have a guy who was a 30-minute-a-night guy who was consistent and who was solid and who did his job, and you know you could count on what that was for 30 minutes a night. But now, conversely, right, the Celtics kind of went in and said, look, no, we believe in these two guys, Tatum and Brown. We believe that the ball should be in their hands. We believe those are the guys who are going to lead us to where we're going to go. We could spend $30, $30 million a year and bring back a guy on the other side of 30 who's had – you know, problems and, and no doubt Hayward's done well in, in the Hornets. I'm not trying to denigrate that. I'm only saying, look, hey, now we're able to see what Tatum and Brown can do. If the Celtics can reallocate that asset, you know, that 30 million to now be a 20 million dollar guy or or two 10 million dollar guys to build a deeper team around the probably the most efficient scorer in the league in Jalen Brown and a guy who can probably get his shot over anyone at any time in Jason Tatum. I'm not really sure anyone should be looking at that any other way than than a real win for the Celtics and Danny Ainge. Yeah, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. It's interesting. I'll I'll go ahead and transition over to Hayward just because he's had some really big nights. He's scoring just a, a tick underneath what Brown is per night, but he's also 100% the best scorer on the Hornets. I sure. think what we loved about him was that he was also willing to be the second fiddle, but how vindicating for him after a frustrating, you know, stretch in his career. Like, great, great on him. Um, I don't think he's going to win championships, though. Look at their record. You know, that's just not indicative uh, of of their, like, team success, right? And his stats would come down on any team that's built to win an actual championship. That's all I'm getting at with those numbers, but he would be great to have here. It's just too bad. We never got to see him healthy with all those guys playing together. Like I think this outcome was pretty inevitable, but the thing that is going to be nice that would have been even nicer had he been healthy was the fact that the load for the scores wouldn't have to be as huge. I mean, think about how often, some of these guys ought to be able to take nights off. I mean, we already were able to deal with how much time off for Tatum. And if Kemba had been healthy heading into that, or if we were just talking about taking some nights off, guys ought to be able to get some rest and stay fresh. And that's actually my biggest concern now that they've had to postpone a bunch of these games is how do we make sure that they get rest? Sean Grady was talking yeah. about makes so much sense for them to stick around in Chicago and play a makeup game on Wednesday night, especially with the gap in games. I realize they had a, a back-to-back, you know, leading into Chicago, but they'd still have a night off. They wouldn't have to travel, and they could just play that that game and get it out of the way. I'm a little concerned 
about what it's going to look like for this team down the stretch because they're going to end up either – maybe they'll extend the season if it's impacted a lot of teams, but there's a good chance they're going to have a lot of games crammed into a short period of time heading into the postseason. Um, so it's nice to see that some of the players, uh, the younger guys that they might have to rely on during that stretch uh, have – gain some confidence in the meantime because i just don't know how you deal with that well and and it's what we're talking about about jalen i mean jalen's jalen has had an incredible weight he's been carrying with this team Mm -hmm. i mean he there's he's been doing a lot of heavy lifting he's like i could do more i could do more right (laughs) there were parts of that game i thought against the bulls where i'm like yeah, he's looking like he's he's doing Got a tired lot, a, little bit. a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah, and he's in great shape. I mean, this isn't a shot at, but you know, look, it's a it's a lot of heavy lifting, and so you know, you need he needs Kemba and Tatum to come back, take that load off of him, uh, and and I think those guys are willing. Uh, that's the beautiful part is we spent a lot of time only willing, show. able, absolutely. And we, we we talked a lot in the last show about well how are we going to break up the minutes? Well, you know now you know, or, or the shots I should say. Well, you know by <laughs> by being able to maybe redistribute that a little bit, get a little bit of some time here to to Brown to you know uh, play a, a little bit more of a normal role. I think that that helps itself out and and nights off and, and they're nights, so sure. well oiled. All of a sudden they look yeah. deep. With this really young roster, and Jeff Teague hasn't even been crap except for game one, basically, at this point. Oh. So, so interesting that their depth is coming from a lot of the younger players. Also interesting that Grant Williams seems to be the one that's struggling, and they're still getting all this depth. Um, and then, you know, Pritchard gets hurt, and they're seemingly quite confident. I mean... Even the games that they lost, I mean, they were losing to Philly, a team that they were just outsized immensely, a team that they need to – They, I mean, they really need Tatum. Matchup-wise, yeah. they need Tatum to beat Philly. So I don't think any of us were surprised by those losses. But honestly, the depth is, is shocking. It's shocking. Yeah. Um, and so that's the good news. The good news is the depth is there. I think they can give guys nights off. I think they're going to have to give Kemba nights off. They really are going to have to. Yeah. There'll be shots. There'll be opportunities, you know, for Jalen and Jason to be the guy. And there's going to be opportunities for Smart to be a little bit more than the third guy out there, um, which may drive some people crazy. um, That post game? I mean, let me know when you're ready to talk about Smart because his ball handling and his dribbling is, is really improved. Well, you know, that's that's the role that I think I've always felt like while he can defend a whole bunch of positions, his best way to impact the Celtics is as a point guard. You know, I I don't you know, you can put him in different positions. You could say, you know, he's this and that. And he's, you know, is he a natural two, you know, one man who can, you know, create space and kind of do the things that we're seeing Peyton Pritchard do? No, but. His read of the game is so strong. He's able to to get where he wants to get to a lot of times with his size and his speed and his strength and now his ball handling. Um, I think it's been more a question of, of decision making on his part, right? But yeah. I, I agree with you. I mean, he he's he's taking a step up and and him unlocking that that kind of playmaking gene. I think you know you've seen. Do you get mad at him when he does those passes like behind the backs no. or are you thinking at this point, like let him figure it out because it could be really spectacular if he does. If the behind the back pass uh, allows him to get something out of off his chest that isn't the, uh, you know, the heat check three, uh, I, I, can, I can live with it. You know, I'd well, rather have think, him. Do you think you he know, can do it though? Do you think he can turn that into something at some point or does it become the heat check three? Yeah, no, I well, I mean, you mean does he grow that skill to the point where he's Yeah, he's, does it become he's, actually something oh, that yeah. not just the behind the back, but just all of that that he's got some really like he can really zing him. He makes yeah. the decision pretty quickly, not always a good one, but you know, if the percentage of quick and crisp or hard passes increases uh in terms of effectiveness, it could be dangerous, right? Yeah, you just gotta, yeah. you gotta, you gotta get the percentage of, you know, failed attempts down. 
And I'm not even sure they're that high right now. That's kind of my point. I mean, he's starting to dribble into the paint, through the paint, and come back out. We haven't really seen him dribble into those areas that much in the past. Right. No, I, I, I totally agree. I think he's he's venturing more into the space where the Celtics need him to go to create space for others. You know, I just I think so much of this is really about trying to fully flesh out a role for him that he can he can you know kind of put his hands around and appreciate and not feel like the way that he has to contribute is to shoot the ball. You know, and I I'm not against his shooting. I'm you know. There's been a lot of people complaining about his shooting. I'm not one of those guys. I, I appreciate his shooting, but, you know, there's time and a place. And when you have Brown, Tatum, and Kemba on your team, you got to be, you know, distant fourth <laughs> in, in terms of shots. And so that means you got to pump this guy up so you're getting the max out of his defense. You're getting the max out of his playmaking. And most of all, the, play, the, winning, the winning plays. And if you do all that... You're going to get the most out of Marcus Smart. It's an adjustment for him, but I, I agree. I think that, I think he can unlock it, and I think that's really a key for this team to to reach that higher level is they need that fourth guy to fill in all the gaps, and Marcus Smart could be that guy so long as he doesn't let his you know sometimes outsized uh, influence uh, of his shooting uh, take over. You know, How generally refreshing is it, though, to see point guards on the Celtics, not just point guard, point guards on the Celtics, meaning Smart and Pritchard, just driving into the paint. And it just does so much for their offense. How many times did we get frustrated over the last couple of years, let alone when things started to get really stagnant in the postseason, where they dribble the ball up and there's nothing going on? You know, getting into the paint, dribbling in, dribbling back out, creates so much more off-the-ball action than just that perimeter swing, which is just so killer for them because they all just park out. And when that offense is stagnant like that, dude, I want to shoot myself. I can't even watch it because I'm like, (laughs) you have all these athletes. We want you to attack in transition. And here's Jalen Brown leading the NBA in transition, fast break points, right, which is phenomenal. And I want to see more of it. But we do get a lot of it off the defensive turnovers. But then they come down, and if it's not in transition, uh, most of the time they're not really attacking. And you can go back to the Isaiah Thomas-led teams where to really create what we wanted, you know, he had to go to the rim over and over and over until he basically broke his body. Yeah. And in that in one season, a phenomenal entertaining season that I'll never forget and I'll always be grateful for. But he destroyed his body. He might have ruined his career that year, you know, and or maybe his career wouldn't have been as much without him wrecking it. <laughs> it's hard to say. But <laughs> but you know, but he wrecked himself and that's not the way it should be. You shouldn't even Kemba, you know, he doesn't finish quite the same way. He doesn't go to the ground as hard as Isaiah, you know, but he attacks the paint, but they need more than that. They need to get in, they need to collapse, and then they need to swing, and then they see the, the next level is can they then cut? And 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 uh and they have been doing it a lot with just like tights, right? We've seen that with some of the cuts on those plays and the little alley oops and everything else. But even baseline cutters, um it's just bringing so much more uh, so many more dynamics, or it's making the offense so much more dyna- dynamic. Is what I'm trying to say. But, and I think, but I think that that's. I agree. I think that's. Everyone wants to be the scorer. Everyone wants to be the guy who hits the bucket. You know, hits the winning shot. Hits the guy. I mean, that's you know, and sort of someone who works so hard to make winning plays, scoring wins games, right? But but it takes so much more than that, and. You know, I think that they've been talking, you know, Brad kind of talked about how they've been really working with him about, you know, taking the right time to to make the right play. And uh, I think that while he's impeccable timing in in the instant, uh, you know, in terms of that playmaking and when to shoot, when to pass and all that, I don't think he's ever really kind of figured out. And I think he is now. And I think, you know, that's why, you know, to go back to Jalen, his kind of continually pumping up of Marcus Smart in the post game, 
You know, every few games he'll say, you know, hey, you know, Smart was really there for us. You know, he does all everything that makes it happen. You know, the passes. That's Jalen really pumping up the Marcus Smart factor. And boy, doesn't that make a difference, I think, uh, for for Marcus to really buy into that role. And and they need they know they need him to to get anywhere, you know. So hey, that's that's what they need. Now that they have, you know, Kemba and Tatum coming back, you know, everyone's role is gonna be a little bit different, but they're they're gonna need more out of Marcus Smart in that role and less so in the scoring aspects. All right, so here's the question. Are you ready for some football? <laughs> There's only one place that has got you covered and one place that we trust, and it's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code, baby, CLNS50, for your 50% welcome bonus. Guess what's coming up? That's right. In under two weeks, it's Tommy Terrific in the Super Bowl. Can't bet against him, can you? Or maybe you can. I don't know. Do you guys like Mahomes? Probably not if you're listening. Listening to this show, so don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. That's the best uh, segue I had for you, John. No, no it works. It works. <laughs> uh, how about let's talk about the, you want to talk about the big game. Let's talk about the other pieces that you need to win the big game because it's the stars, sure, but you need the bench players to come through, right? And, and so, so we can, get your eyes on some guys. Well, I think we got to talk about uh, you know uh, Aaron Neesmith, uh or as as Jeff Clark is. Man, Dumped you him. are so in Neesmith's camp, man. You are like in like Flynn. You are, Arrow, you are one of the, you I, behind I get, that guy the way I was behind Brown. Hold like, on. No, 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 no. Well, let's not – we'll get it twisted here. That's Tatum. It but, looks that way on Twitter. I'm just I saying. Well, no, here's the thing, right? I'm kind of sick of the and, – and I and I feel some, some pretty good vindication here – Every goddamn year I'm on the Twitter, and every year I have a number of people I go back and forth with about this guy can't do this, and he's no good, and he can't do it. You know, Rozier is trash. You know, Jalen's never going to be who they think he's going to be. Blah, 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 blah. And we hear this all the time, and I've decided – so I put a Twitter poll up. I'm like, which is it? Who's the worst comparison? Are these people Patinoites or are they Wallace stands? I think it's probably Wallace stands, <laughs> right? I think these are Wallace stands. I think that you know, much like the former general manager of the Boston Celtics, Chris Wallace, who sent away Joe Johnson after four months so that they could get three months out of Roddy Rogers. Um, this is what ever you know they want to meet instant gratification by these draft picks. It doesn't work like that. You it takes time. There's a reason why you get a five year contract in a rookie deal. You did know you, you make up Wallace stands. I did. I did. I love it. That is <laughs> that might be the best thing you've come up with on this show in 15 like years. <laughs> Wallace stands <laughs> is awesome. That's great. I do love it. Well, <laughs> There you go. Everyone can use it. Just make sure you credit me. Uh, no, but like it's true though. Like it's the, the I'm so tired of that. So yeah, I want to see I want to see Arnie Smith. I want to see Grant. I want to see all these young guys. I want to see them having a chance. And it takes there's a mental thing for this game. It's you're it, you know what you see when you play five minutes in garbage time is not indicative of your talent. It's indicative of where you are currently. But uh, you know, guys need minutes. And so I think we've seen uh, the last two games, you know, Carson Edwards doesn't look like a bum the last two games. And it's Aaron really Neesmith. wild. You know what I think that is, too? When when they saw Pritchard come in and and have that immediate success, I think it changed. I, it had to have impacted their mindset. I don't you know. know. I don't know. I don't think it, I don't think it's about the other players. I think it's about opportunity that they're given by the coach. And I don't think either any of them have had much. I thought they got well. They got some playing time last year for sure. Not I mean, long. not not long stretches. But I mean, even, 
But look at look at look at <laughs> look at what happened with Carson Edwards, right? He plays like the first five games of the season, and then after that, it was garbage time, right? There was no no role for him at all. You know, it was drive up to me. Lucky's got a role right now too. Though. You know, I yeah. Don't. I mean, that's the I mean, that's the thing. You got. I mean, I'm not saying anyone deserves a role without earning it. You got to earn it in practice. You got. I earn just it. feel like but, he. he when he got his opportunity, he immediately was ready. Whereas I feel like last year that just wasn't the case. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think as a rookie, I think it takes time for shooters. I don't think shooters, uh, I don't think that they're ready to go uh, when you put them in the NBA game. I think there's, you know, it, it's there's a whole bunch of reasons. And you look at a lot of shooters, they don't walk in just lighting it up. Well, uh, I'll tell you this. I'm still, still, it's certainly not when they still, don't have opportunity. I'm like still these guys have had opportunity. Believer. Until they get opportunity, you can't really rely on any of these guys. Yeah, and, I get, and you're getting it in other places. You're not getting it here in Boston because we're trying to win. You know, you're going to get opportunity in Sacramento. You're going to get opportunity in Charlotte. You're going to get opportunity in you know these these places. You're not going to get it here. Brad wants to win, man. The Celtics want to win games. That's the deal. I, I think your point is taken, is well taken. And I think Neesmith is going to work out just fine. Lots of effort on defense. You know, the shot's starting to fall. He's going to need some minutes to develop. It's the same issue, though, that we just talked about with Brown and Tatum. There's just only going to be, you know, so much opportunity to develop certain players. But I just, you know, I don't think we've seen guys leave the Celtics that didn't get ample opportunity that have wound up going, you know, somewhere else and, you know, carving out solid minutes. Orion Green would be an example uh, going back a ways. But, you know, I just don't I don't think Carson Edwards ends up carving out this gigantic Tim Frazier like opportunity, um, you know, if he doesn't get one here. Uh, I just don't I, I personally don't see that in general. But your point's well taken. And I think that's the case for a lot of players. And, you know, we can go back to last season and talk about Romeo Langford, who, you know, came in with an awkward shot and had to have a ping pong paddle attached to his hand and, you know, all these things and all these challenges. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're heading down the stretch and maybe even before they shut things down, we started to see it. And uh, here's a guy who starts knocking down the three pointer and playing really solid defense. But, it, you know, as you know, with teams, as you said, Brad Stevens wants to win. They win by getting guys to play solid defense. And that's how they earn their minutes. You and I have had that conversation here before, but you, somebody like Langford earns it. And then all of a sudden he's hitting, you know, big time three pointers in the corner and doing what he needs to do. Uh, I guess my thing is, when are we going to see him? Because there's still guys on this club who, to your point about Carson Edwards, are no longer, you know, in their rookie year, et cetera. There's a guy, I think, you know, along with Neesmith, two different types of skill sets that are probably actually quite complementary. Would be great to see them, you know, play off of each other, but. Is there any word on when we're going to see Langford? Well, he's working out pregame, and uh, I'm not sure he's cleared fully for full contact yet, but I don't think he's that far away. Um, you know, my guess is he's not, you know, I, th- I think it's probably a matter of weeks, not months. You know, I'm guessing we'll see him sometime in February what, at this point. What do you think that's going to do to somebody like Neesmith? Because you talk about – all they keep talking about is there's the guy who's shooting the three and busting the zone down. You know, I don't think that's really Langford's role. No. Um, you know, where do those – does he cut into Ojale who's starting to prove himself? Like, where where do these wing minutes come from, you know, uh, once uh, once Langford comes back? Well, I, the thing is, you know, Ojale and and I would also say, uh, you know, you're also probably looking I mean, at Javante as well. Yeah. I mean, that's both of those guys are probably going to see a cut or if not outright loss of all minutes, but um, probably more in Javante's case than anything. But, you know, look, I, I don't think that that's a problem, frankly. I mean, that's. You want to see, you know, you want that, that depth because right. you've got guys like Green who probably can do some spot minutes, you know, if they have to suffer through some injuries again. Right. And that's, you know, the 
I think the thing is the difference now is those guys are going to the bench feeling good about themselves, right? You know, that's that's the thing is, you know, what you saw with some of these teams that have been deep that we've gone up against in the past couple of years, whether it's, you know, Miami or, or, or Milwaukee, uh, you know, they the guys that are coming in feel good coming in. I don't think the Celtics bench has really felt that way. Um, you know, so if they can keep this train rolling for guys like Shemi Ojale and Javante, who's using a lot of energy when he's out there, uh, you know, if if uh, Romeo can can somehow find find a, a, a lane and, and kind of carve out a niche for himself, you know, that's the thing, right? So then Brad actually has options. We started this year probably the first eight, ten games of the season, I'd say – Brad had no options. I mean, people are complaining about rotations. There's a lot of bad options for Brad Stevens. <laughs> well, even you know? the Tyson Thompson experiment, it was born exactly. out of necessity. Although I think it's helped Tice. I think Tice getting put into a spot where he needs to shoot to space the floor has actually helped him be a more effective shooter. And, and maybe that goes back to the because, I mean, I was it was killing me early. You, you yeah. know, I was like, dude, this guy is just not hitting the threes. It's painful. It's painful to watch. I feel bad for him. And, uh, you know, but now it's like he can hit them. I think, no, I think you're right. Because I think it was a lot of confidence issues. I mean, how many times we see him passing up shots against Philly last year, you know, or, or Toronto in that playoff? I think that that's, that's a big thing. And let's here's the other piece of this, right? The Celtics are in a point where, you know, if they're playing the, the way they're playing and the way I think people are looking at this team, they got to be looking at where what's going to happen on the other conference. I mean, you got to have an eye on that. I'm not saying that they're, uh, you know, uh, you build to that, but you got to have an eye on the other conference. And anyone who saw that finals knows LeBron and AD you've got to be dealt with and you can't go small against LA unless you really can find a way to, to make those guys work on defense. And so I, I understand why the Celtics are, are really trying to make this double big lineup work. I get it. I, I get it now. Um, you know, it's, will it be it's still not going to work, but hopefully it'll work better than right. they can even try it. That's exactly right. It, the more options that Brad has available to him, the better everyone is better off. Everyone are is. you are you 100 percent? Not maybe 100 percent, but are you basically locked in on L.A. is almost yeah. assuredly coming out of the West? Yeah, unless there's an injury. There's no other way anyone else will. I think I don't see Denver's not it. I don't the Clippers. I, I, I just. Lakers are just playing so well. This is like it's like oh nine right now to me. This is like the Celtics in oh nine where they came off that win and it just like they've the Lakers have you know, they're just taking off where they where they left off in the finals, you know. The problem is is it's really hard to do that and this the way this calendar works, it's tough. And, you know, thirty six year old LeBron James uh, you know, Anthony Davis has had a history of, of injuries. I'm not rooting for injuries. I'm just saying, like, that's... Yeah, it's always tentative. Yeah. Without, without, with only one of those guys, that team looks a lot different. So, yeah. um, you know, the Celtics were to lose Brown or lose Tatum, it would be devastating. But I think they'd have more of a chance to compete um, relatively than if the Lakers were to lose one of LeBron or AD. And, and then they're a very different team. Yeah, but I don't see the Celtics going to the finals with one of those injuries. They, no, I, I don't think either Kemba, one. They need Kemba to be 100% or not playing, right? He can't be middle ground Kemba. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a great point. Like, honestly, that's all this stuff going on. I think that's the biggest – that might be the biggest the biggest point of the last week. The most the – most, uh, the the best thing that could have happened because the the burst and the explosion that we saw in the first half of last year seems like it's back now yeah it's we'll, almost he, like I forgot it existed to be honest with you yeah. because we saw him playing without it so much and then we had that huge gap mm-hmm. and so you know I know there's always recency bias but dude <laughs> I mean will it be back in in a month we don't know but 
it's back now, and we hadn't see we didn't see that at all in the bubble when he had a whole bunch of time off. So it looks like the 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 whatever the injection there in his knee, he got the good Kobe stuff from Germany or whatever it was, uh, and so he looks good. It's got to be stem cells, lots of them. That's what we're calling it, right? Okay, cool. Stem cool. cells, stem cells, <laughs> steroids, baby. <laughs> I'm happy with it. No bone on bone. We're 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 in a good 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 spot. Uh, Shark cartilage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Uh, just to be taken orally. <laughs> just inject it right into the knee. Um, so yeah, I I you know that that's way? the. the... <laughs> uh, nobody remembers bone on bone. There's a handful of listeners that remember the bone on bone. We bring it up from time to time. We do. We do. But that guy's not even working right now, and, and so who the heck knows what's going on. Yeah, but, um, yeah I, I I, just I'm, – I'm pumped. I mean, I'm really pumped about Kemba. I, I think that's keeping him healthy, keeping him looking like this Kemba, keeping him fresh. Uh, if they can – you know, and we, we dodged a big bolt with Pritchard because with Pritchard healthy – uh, certainly he'll be coming back and all that. They can find time where they can rest Kemba, you know, not worry about those back-to-backs, not worry about all that, because you still can throw a point guard in, uh, you know, maybe you bump smart over and all that, but, you know, you're not losing anything. You're not running just to Jeff Teague, who it's just, I don't know. <laughs> it's not there, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, what seriously, what happened to him? But He, yeah, I just, I think he's just not. I think you need a guy like him on your bench. You know, I think you need vets. I think you need guys to fill. Could be one of those guys that all of a sudden shows up in the postseason when they totally, totally, yeah. I mean, I I think you, you know, you just it's not falling for him, and I don't understand it. Like, is he doing anything different than he used to? Just seems so weird. And a lot of them are just kind of going into the rim and coming back out. I mean, there's yeah. some really sloppy stuff that's that's occurring too. But he's obviously a volume guy, and that's probably the biggest issue. Mm-hmm. You know, is volume guys need volume to stay in a groove. And yeah. I'm not sure that he's getting enough volume night in and night out. And I'm sure he's lost a step at age 32 as well. Absolutely. But yeah. That's the thing to me is is his speed. He was a pretty quick player, and it, it just doesn't seem like he has that same that same burst, you know. But but the the good. Well, we got what what kind of what kind of shark treatments can we give this guy? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm okay with him being the back of the bench. I mean, we we clearly have that guy in Peyton Pritchard who can right who Pretty can play ahead of him in case and, of emergency. Totally. No so you know, the more guys. I'm not saying you want to fill out your bench with a bunch of Jeff Teagues, you know, at different positions, but it, there's value to having veterans on this on this bench who are providing sage, you know, wisdom and can come in and give you a couple minutes maybe, but really they're not the basis of your team. Um, you know, you you've got young players like Pritchard or like Ojale or like uh, Javante or, or Romeo who've stepped up. And they're your players who you're relying upon. Uh, that's to me, that's the ideal world for for uh, for Danny Ainge and for Brad Stevens. All right, I think we're just about at the end of the show. Do you want to talk about NBC Sports or not? You can. Go ahead. I don't. Well, I don't know. Like, what happens at this point? You know what I mean? Like, what happens at this point? Well, what do you mean? You mean now they're closing the 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 national network? You mean? Yeah, yeah. Is it just everything becomes that, regionally owned and that's that? Well, it has been. I mean, the the idea the the closing down the national network, the idea is to move everything to to Peacock or to um, you know, USA or I I don't think that's going to change the the regional sports nets because they're still not wholly owned by NBC. They're still Local ownership. The Celtics own a good part of NBC Sports Boston, um, so I don't think that that's going to impact um, the situation. Uh, you know, maybe I but, didn't totally understand it, but I was really hoping it would impact the blackout stuff. You know, or why oh, not just let okay. me 
get a subscription from the local network and pay for it. You know what I mean? Stop limiting me. Yeah. I, I want to yeah. see all I want to see the NBC Sports Boston programming outside of New England and I can't you can't get it without an illegal feed. You know, even even when I got YouTube TV, it's like they're making me be locked into this Philadelphia market and it's like I don't I'm I didn't grow up here. This is I'm not I haven't watched let me just let me tell the people who are in charge of this stupid asinine stuff. Get them. You're not making me watch the pre and post game show on NBC Sports Philly. <laughs> I'm not watching it. You know, so you're not getting more viewers, you're getting less viewers. Or you're getting the same amount of viewers, but you're getting less viewers in another market. I mean, are they really worried that there's going to be, like, they're going to steal fans from Philly to start watching this content, you know, in Boston? It just it makes me bananas, dude. Why can't I subscribe to that network and get their programming? And yeah, I can't that, do it. I can't do it. That's it's foolish. I mean... Maybe you're going to tell me I'm not missing anything, but like every once well, in a while, so. I see our friend, old friend Chris Forsberg, you know, doing, and they're like, yeah, at halftime, we're going to go talk to, you know, uh, what, Abby and Perk, you know, and I don't get to see that. I got to watch, you know, the halftime show, which is so stupid. It's so stupid. Yeah, I, I would, I would probably say we've, we we are it's less uh, impactful than ever. Um, the, the the good times are not quite as good as they used to be. Um, but I yeah, no. <laughs> Scal Scal has has really created a lot of uh, hate and discontent out there in the Twitter world, and I and I kind of agree with a lot of it. He he's really um, this is a moment really without. Uh, Tommy, that's tough. You know, I think we're all look, missing Tommy and what he provided. But, um, you know, the, the gap just seems wider between what he does and what Scal is doing. And I think that that's been probably the biggest story so far this year is just Scal kind of being at times antagonistic towards Abby, not really understanding what that's about. Just seems kind of bizarre. Uh, Man, they used know. to have coffee together on Facebook. Right. Right, and I don't know if he thinks it's funny or it just comes off like a real, a real a hole. Well, it's all yeah. the manufactured drama stuff. You know what I mean? They've, yeah, they they could even be coordinating it. You know, the network could be saying, you know, this is kind of what we need, and so you know, Abby and Scal, you know, kind of work it out. Somebody's got to be a bad guy, right? Or or something. We got maybe we need some negative attention. You know, who knows? What could be going? I'm not accusing the network of doing that. I'm just saying there are lots of reasons in today's media that those kinds of things happen, and they may not be. It may. <laughs> I'm sure that Scout has plenty of asshole in him, but it may not simply be him being an asshole. There, there could be a lot of ratings manufacturing and strategy, strategery going on there. Right, right, strategic. Yeah, exactly. No, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, there's certainly reasons why it makes sense. I just, no, it doesn't make uh, sense. Well, what, what, makes, might, what might explain it? Makes dollars and cents. How about that? All right, there you go. <laughs> like that. I, I, yeah, I, I, but it's, it's not an enjoyable watch. Let me just say that. Um, and, you know, I, I just think that with Tommy's absence, they needed to find a way to change. Uh, Scal's role just a little bit. I, you know, we're not looking for Johnny Most, but you know, there's this idea that somehow there's, it, there's a, it's, it's tainted to be a homer. Um, but you know, that's those were watching the home network, and exactly. nobody out of nobody out of your region can watch it anyway. Yeah, there so you go. If if the whole <laughs> business model is to force people to be a fan, why would you be a chump? Why wouldn't you be, you know, a homer and lead the charge in in that way? <laughs> I don't even it doesn't even line up, dude. It doesn't yeah. even line up. Why are you being antagonistic when you're trying to brainwash a region to follow your team? 
Well, that's that's the thing. That's the that's the whole thing to me is like this is this is your audience. So uh, making them hate you really is not making people want to watch the games. People want to like the people who are calling the games. And there's no problem on that. You're going to spend how many hours? Think about it. It's what, right. two and a half hours a game. Right. And let's say you only watch, you know, 60 games, right? How many hours of viewership is that? It's two hours times 120 hours plus another 30. It's 150 hours of viewing yeah. time. How many days is that? If you were actually, it's six days, little seven days. Right. Seven days of your life you are spending as if you weren't sleeping. You know, that's not even waking days. That's right. seven full days, no sleep of your life that you're spending with these people. Why would you want to be better? And especially in a world that has just so many other great reasons to be better. Like we're looking for an escape in this. Give us the escape. And Give Mike, us a reason to have a smile in the evening, for God's exactly. sakes. That's right. And I, and, and I don't, I, I, you know, Mike Gorman is, you know, there's a lot of fans on. There's two big fans of Mike Gorman on this show, yeah. and have been for many, many years. And that nothing's changed in that regard. But somehow the Celtics need to find a way, or, or I should say, the Celtics broadcast needs to find a way to kind of get to scowl and just say, "Look, man, we gotta." We got to find a way to make you a little bit more likable here because I I want to give him a shot. I want him to have an opportunity here. I, you know, I'm not, but man, it's um, yeah. It just it also it feels like it's the scal show to be honest. You know, they used to have and, and maybe a lot of called, money in one basket, right? Now. Yeah, yeah. And if when that's that that gamble's not working out for you, it's a lot of. You know they they have this they have this thing in the in the post game in the pregame where you know they bring in Tom Giles in for like just one little hit to talk about betting odds. It's just it's very disjointed. I don't understand it. I miss the old you know weird Celtics Twitter stuff that they did. I I, I you know look I never could make any of those memes or anything like that. But damn, I mean that was fun, good stuff. It was organic. It felt natural. And it just right now it's it's just not. Everybody's scared, dude. Everybody's scared. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Everybody is scared for a lot of reasons in our society, and they're scared for their jobs, and they're, you know, there's just there's a lot of odd dynamics that are probably coming to play. That you know, it's unfortunate because this is you know the league got this product back on the court, and it it really should be an escape. And with that. I'm escaping this topic and the show. Ah! That's going to do it for this week's show. As a reminder, you can follow Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We'd certainly appreciate a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And for John and myself, just want to thank you for listening to this week's episode of Celtic Stuff Live. 